Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's give God the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserved. As you're making your way into the physical space and as you are making your way as far as online is concerned, we want to give special greetings to those that are in the house as well as to those that are watching us online. This is College Sunday here at the St. Paul Church, and we're certainly delighted for all of those who have made their way to the physical space as well as virtual space. If you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging in our chat room on our church website, you are part of our virtual congregation, St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So I want you to do us a favor. If you're watching us on Facebook, share with your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure that you stay in the same chat stream. You can also tag those you want to invite to your post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We want to get it up to at least 1,500 and uh, text this to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room uh, on our church website, click on the invite button in the chat window and share this experience with others. Amen. We also want you to do us this favor as well. If you're watching us online, if you would, just put in your chat where you're watching us from, uh, be it Charlotte or any other place on the globe. We want to know where you are right now. City and state, if you would put that right now, uh, it will definitely bless us. We are excited about what God is going to do. So I'm going to ask that Reverend Kelly Baptist will come. Those of you who are in the house, if you wouldn't mind standing on your feet, giving God the praise that she prepares to come and lead us in worship. Hallelujah. Let's give God the praise that he so richly deserves. Come on. I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go into the house of the Lord. There's some people in the physical building and right where you are, even at home, you make that place the worship center of the Lord. Because you know what? This has been a long week for a lot of people, but some plenty of stuff could have gone a different way. I've seen some driving in these streets that reminds me it could have been another way. Sometimes that's just one reason to bless the Lord. So just wherever you are, stand up on your feet and give God a praise. Maybe it's waving your hands. Maybe it's clapping your hands. Maybe it's just saying thank you. Thank you for the things I didn't see that you protected me from. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your healing messages. Just thank you. As we enter into corporate worship, what did you bring with you? Did you bring some joy? Did you bring some thanksgiving? We're headed into thankful Thursdays real soon. Let us start right here and right here as we bless the Lord this morning. Are you ready to praise him? Are you ready to praise him? Then let's join with the choir this morning in our opening hymn. Praise him. Praise him. And if you're ready to praise our God, just shout out with me. Praise him. Praise him. Praise our God. Hallelujah. Praise Him. 
Amen. The word of God says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Do me a favor, wherever you are, just, just close up your nose and your mouth real quick. Just. All right. Do you have breath? Did you feel a little something when you held that? Then let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. If you got a little breath in you, some oxygen and carbon dioxide are circulating, then let's praise our God this morning. I want to say thank you, Lord, for the breath in my body. I thank you. Our scripture this morning is coming from the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Wherever you are, you can flip to or scroll to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to start with verse 4. We're going to read through verse 10. New Testament, just hang a right. Book of Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 4. And the word of God reads as follows. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace have you been saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word of God is already blessed and a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our paths. Now, let us pray. Our Father and our strong God, how we thank you for your goodness and your mercy toward us, God. For your Holy Spirit riding shotgun with us every moment that we walk this earth, God, we say thank you. For the breath in our bodies, God, we say thank you. For the healing measures that you have loosed to help us to travel this earthly plane, God, we say thank you. Lord God, we just couldn't thank you enough if we had 10,000 tongues for the dangers seen and unseen that you have protected us from, for the family members that you have kept while they were making their way back into the fold, God, for the children that you have watched over even in these dangerous times, God, and even for these United States of America where we have some struggles, but we're still hanging in there. God, we thank you. You have been patient and you have been kind and you have been faithful, God. And we just thank you. We come into your presence filled with thanksgiving. We know that so many things could have been another way. So God, we say thank you. On the last Sunday in October, we done made it through 10 months of 2021 and 12 months of a crazy 2020. And so God, we gather in your presence
transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. And with your stripes, God, we are healed. Father, we thank you, God. We bless you, God. We honor you, God. For every sin, God, we confess it all right now. Let nothing stand between us and you, God. And as we leave from this worship experience, we know that through the transformation of your word and your spirit, we can leave better, God. Better than yesterday. Better than when we walked in the room. You're a God of better and of gooder and of favor and of grace. And we thank you, God. Have your way in this place right now. Do what you want to do, God. Throw your weight around. Be pleased and be glorified. And as we leave today, God, we will continue to lift you high. Bless the preacher of the hour, God. Bring us a word from on high that we might just manifest your presence, God. That we might open our mouths and shower the earth realm with your glory, God. That we might change everything around us one breath at a time. And when you do what only you can do, we're going to give you the praise, the honor, and all the glory that is to your name. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And we all sit together. Amen. 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 Now, come on. Let's glorify our Savior this morning in praise and worship. Hallelujah.
Come on, help me to celebrate and give our God the praise. He is the one that has blessed us with this day. Let me try that one more time. Come on, let's celebrate our God and give our God the praise. He is the one that has blessed us with this day. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. And he is deserving of all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise for our male ensemble. Thank you, brothers, for lifting up the name of Jesus and reminding us why we gather in virtual space as well as this place. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are certainly delighted and elated that the Lord has allowed for you to be here. For those that are visiting with us online as well as in the sanctuary, this is our college Sunday. And so uh, we want to celebrate and give God praise for all the colleges that, are edu- that have educated us as well as perhaps our offsprings. And so we don't take that for granted. I want to, before we move on, uh, Jesse, do we have any guests that are in the house? If this is your first time coming to St. Paul, would you just wave your hand? I want to see you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you are a return guest, would you just wave your hand? Amen. 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 And welcome to St. Paul. Under other circumstances, we would have gotten up and greeted you and things of that sort. But I think that for all the introverts, this is a great space for you. Amen. Amen. But we want to thank you all for taking time out to be in our worship experience. So thank you all so very, very much. There are several um, observations that I want to share with you. But before we move on, I just need to remind all of those that are in the house, in the physical space, please, ma'am, please, sir, be mindful of... uh, uh, how you look and how you worship, you are being broadcast all over the world. And people on our Zoom congregation as well as Facebook Live uh, and other spaces can see your expression. So we want them to know we're having a good time in the sanctuary as well as having a good time in our virtual space. Amen. Amen. Let me, first of all, I want to start off by letting you all know that um, uh, November is coming up. This Thursday is our first installment of Thankful Thursday. Amen. Amen. And he is a nephew of the faith. The Reverend Dr. Willie Francois is going to be our guest preacher. Uh, he is the senior pastor of the Mount, Ple- of the Mount Zion Baptist Church in Pleasantville, New Jersey. He's going to be here on this Thursday. And so we invite you all to come and join us as far as worship is concerned. Uh, our portals for you to register will be open real soon. If you don't register online, you can register once you get here. Service will start at 7 o'clock. And we're going to have a good time in the Lord. So we invite you to come and share with us this Thursday. The next Thursday, following that Thursday, will be my good friend, the presiding bishop, of the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship, Bishop Joseph Walker III, the pastor of the Mount Zion Baptist Church in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. And then the last Thursday, the third Thursday of, the, of this month, we will have uh, Dr. Danielle Brown. She is the pastor-elect of the Shallow Baptist Church 
uh, in Plainfield, New Jersey. We got some gifted preachers uh, that are going to be sharing with us. I want to invite you to join us, not only in our virtual space, but also in our physical space. And let's have a good time in the Lord. Amen. Amen. We also have Thanksgiving that's coming up. And uh, St. Paul, uh, we normally tend to be a blessing to a lot of different families during the Thanksgiving season. And so this is what we're going to need. We're going to, on the second Sunday, the second Sunday, the second Sunday, um, we're going to practice what I would call uh, our generosity, uh, giving our uh, tithe demonstration. And this is what we would love for you to have on that particular Sunday if you're coming to the physical sanctuary. We need canned items. And I believe we'll have this posted on our um, social media as well as our website. Canned items, green beans, collard greens, corn, sweet potatoes, carrots, cranberry sauce, and condensed soups like chicken, mushroom, and celery. Um, I would like for you to, if you would, get 10 cans, 10 cans of, of, of whatever item you want to bring. And we're going to do a tithing demonstration here at the church for those that are watching us online, if you don't come to the physical sanctuary, we're going to give you the opportunity to uh, drop those items off either Saturday, November the 13th after the men of Valor virtual meeting. Uh, Saturday, November the 13th, you'll be able to drop those items off. Box items, cornbread, stuffing, bisquick, instant potatoes, and rice. So... Get 10 of those items. Uh, we're going to do a tithing demonstration in the house. If you don't come to church, you can drop those items off on Saturday, November the 13th. The giveaway is going to be Saturday, November the 20th. Um, and please notice we prepare for this event. Uh, the St. Paul Food Pantry will only be open for distribution one time this month, Wednesday, November the 10th from 8 a.m. to 12 because we have Thanksgiving that will be coming up. So we want to make you mindful of that. Also today, following our worship experience, we are hosting a training session for all those who are interested in joining the First Impressions Ministry in the task of checking in people as far as uh, physical worship is concerned. And if you're interested in volunteering in this capacity, um, just stay out the church and join them in Training. Also, just want to mention that we have started a new iConnect uh, group studies here at St. Paul called Sermon Conversations. And we're hosting five small groups organized by life stages, scheduled during various times on Tuesday and Wednesday. There's even an intergenerational group. Each week, uh, we're going to take the completed transcript of my sermon that I share on Sunday morning. And the small groups will read it and discuss it and work out how to live out the key points relevant during the message. You can register today on our church webpage or through links shared on Facebook or our main church uh, on our Facebook page on our main church page. Also, if you're in the church database, we will send out email uh, with registration links that are connected. So. Uh, I want to invite you to join in that. That should be fun for you all to dig even deeper as far as the preach word is concerned. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. As we move forward, as far as our worship experience is concerned, we want to, at this time, uh, prepare to go to the Lord in prayer. And there are several families that I want to lift up before you um, and drill down as far as some special concerns that have been given to us. We want to lift up the family of Brother Bruce Gordon. He is the brother of Sister Brenda Irwin and Sister Dorothy Patterson. The family of Sister Hattie Murphy. She is the sister of uh, Disciple Ernestine Harris and Clara Robinson. Uh, we also want to lift up uh, other disciples, uh, Yvonne Gomez, uh, Artie Clyburn, our pastor emeritus, uh, Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, Sister Thomasina, Reverend Grace Ridgeway, Deacon Michael Underwood. And there are other names that will be scrolling up and down our list. Of course, Deacon Jacqueline Brown, who continues to uh, improve as far as her health is concerned. Please continue to lift up uh, these names in prayer, as well as your own particular prayer concern that you can bring before the Lord at this time. So I'm going to ask that Reverend uh, Kelly Baptist will take us to the throne of grace at this time and prepare our hearts uh, to be a blessing as far as our church family is concerned. Let every heart pray. And as we enter into prayer, bring to the forefront of your mind those things that you are seeking God for, that we might all touch and agree in spirit before the presence of God. Lord, we thank you today. We stand as one family spread out across this nation and even the world, lifting up your name because you're worthy. Father God, you have heard every concern that has scrolled across the screens that pastor has spoken, God. You know what's going on in hospitals and in homes all around the world. So God, we just stand in one place, oh God, even on one accord in different places, just lifting our concerns up to you, God, because we know that you care for us, God. We ask in the name of Jesus that you will continue your healing works, God. There are people who are recovering from cancer and COVID and all other kinds of illnesses, God, but you are still our our Savior, our healer, and our provider. God, we pray that you will continue to comfort those families that are grieving. We've had so many funerals, God. We ask that you will continue to reach out to those families. The young lady who passed away, the young gentleman from our congregation, and across this world, so many families, Lord God, are struggling. We ask that you would cover and comfort and keep God in the name of Jesus. We pray that you are such a God of the world that you have the whole world in your hands and Lord this world needs you God we pray that you would restore God order all across this land oh God we have systems that need you to right size them God we've got politics going on that would make you turn your head in shame God but we stand on your word that the government is on your shoulders heavenly father so we pray in the name of Jesus that you would galvanize the right people to put their hands to the plow and make this world a little better for every single person walking the earth. God, we thank you for how you have kept us. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you will continue to stretch us, continue to mold us, continue to keep us so that we can shine your light into a world that is so filled with darkness. Father, we need you. 
for every mind that is struggling today, God, in their lonesome places. We ask that you would be the lifter of their heads, God. For those who are dealing with mental illness, God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would move by your mighty hand for them to be healed, to be medicated, to be counseled, and be strengthened. God, cover our children back in the schools right now, God, that you would keep them safe from sickness and from violence, God. We know that you have got this thing in your eyes. There's nothing that is happening that you cannot see, that you cannot help, and that you cannot deal with, God. You never sleep nor slumber, Lord God, and we are grateful. Continue to be vigilant, God. Point us in the direction that you would have for us to go so we can be your hands and your arms to change everything around us. And God, when you continue to make things better and make us over and make us look like you, we'll continue to give you the praise and the honor and the glory and the credit, God. We're going to keep pressing towards the mark for the prize of the hot calling. We're going to keep governing our tongues and our minds to do better, be better, talk better, be a representation of Christ here on earth. God, we want to make you proud. Hallelujah. We want to make you proud and we're going to do our best. Even in this moment, Heavenly Father, we commit once again to do our best and you will make up the difference. God, we trust you. We believe you. We love you. We honor you. We adore you and we are grateful. It's in Jesus name that we pray and we all said together, amen. 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 If you really believe that God is answering your prayer, if you're watching us online as well as in the house, can you give God praise right now for answered prayers? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It is time to give. Let me say that one more time. It's time to give. Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. It is time to give, time to give, time to give. I want to share a special um, uh, announcement with you all, uh, or really a greeting from the president of Lot Carey, um, Dr. Gina Stewart, and then we will come and give you instructions on giving. Several weeks ago, I made an appeal on behalf of Lot Carey Foreign Mission Convention asking for help to help Haiti. It was in the aftermath of a devastating 7.2 earthquake, and it is estimated that the total damage cost was approximately $1 billion, and more than 2,000 people lost their lives. Lot Carey initially pledged 50000 in U.S. dollars for earthquake relief to offer prayer support, financial support to purchase food, and medical supplies and to assist with transitional housing. Your swift and immediate response resulted in over $374,000 in relief funds, more than $300,000 beyond our initial commitment. In addition to providing food and medical supplies and transitional housing, Lot Carey also intends to partner with the Baptist World Alliance and the International Ministries of American Baptist Churches USA to offer counseling to pastors and church leaders 
to help them cope with the social, political, and economic challenges that are so prevalent in their society. None of this would be possible without you. And so the purpose of this video is to simply say on behalf of myself, our chairman of the board, Dr. Alexander, our vice president, Dr. Jesse Williams, our second vice president, Dr. James Victor, our board of directors, and our executive secretary, Reverend Emmett Dunn. Thank you, Dr. Robert Charles Scott and the St. Paul Baptist Church for your generous gift of $25,000 to support Haitian relief and the work of Lot Care. Thank you for giving generously and strategically for maximum kingdom impact. Because of your support, Lot Care is touching the lives of our brothers and sisters in Haiti with transforming love. May God forever bless you and forever keep you. Thank you so much for your investment. Come on, St. Paul, give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you all so very, very much. We uh, gave one of the largest gifts to uh, Lot Carey, and of course, that's because of your generosity and love of God that God has placed in your heart. Before we prepare to give, I, on behalf of Peer and Cherish, want to thank you for your graciousness and your kindness that you all shown to us on last week as far as my fifth pastoral anniversary here at St. Paul. You don't have to do what you do. But as I am often reminded by my mother, Dorothy Scott Newsom in Monticello, Mississippi, folks ain't got to give you jack. So whatever you get, you be appreciative. And uh, I am more than appreciative of your kindness and your love and your prayers and uh, the support that you all have given to my family and me over these past five years. Thank you all again. And it is my hope and prayer that whatever you all have sown into me and my family, that God will replenish you in a Godful way um, so that you will understand and appreciate you can't be God-given no matter how hard you try. Amen. And we, you can go ahead and give yourselves a round of applause because I've been applauding you all week and bragging about your love and your kindness. Hey, so we're getting ready to give. There are three ways you can give here at St. Paul. The first one is by mailing a check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, zip 28205. Or you can bring your check, cash, or money order to the church. Just call the church office to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. You can also give on our website through ACS or Church Life. And then you can also give through the app called GiveLify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. So for those that are preparing to give, however you're giving this morning, whether you are giving a physical offering or you're giving through your device, if you would take your device and if you're able, place it in your right hand and lift it to the heaven. We want to give God what's right not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come right now and we thank you for how you have blessed this congregation to be a blessing to our brothers and sisters in Haiti. And now, God, we come and we sow into the work here through the tribe known as St. Paul. This is great ground, great soil, fertile soil. God, take these gifts of ours, multiply them in a Godful way so that your word, your witness, your worship, and your work 
will continue to go forth and you'll be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have a physical offering, there's a basket on the row in front of you. Just drop it in that basket. You don't even have to touch that basket. Amen. And if you're giving virtually, thank you all so very, very much. Let's prepare our hearts for the word of God.
say church family some of some of you may not know but I'm, I'm fully blind now I, I can't see anything anymore my, my eyes are going but you know what it's all right because God opened my eyes in another way that y'all can't even imagine but I thank him for it I thank him for being my God it's no big deal losing your sight losing things don't worry about it God got you I'm telling you He'll do you another way. I'm trying to tell you. I thank him. I praise him. Thank God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise. Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. That's that's one of my uh, favorite songs. Uh, I almost wanted to come back to Jesus hearing them sing that song. Amen. Made me want to come back down the aisle one more time. Thank you, brothers, for blessing us with your gift of song. Thank you. Brother Al, you might have lost your physical sight, but I believe you got deeper spiritual insight the way you sung that song. Listen, uh, yeah, yeah. We want to continue a series of sermons on, um, from James, um, James chapter two, verses 14 through 26. Um, And this is part four in the series of Becoming a Better You. It reads like this, starting at verse 14. But what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and feel, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone would say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without my works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. 
you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But you do, but do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He was called a friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I want to preach for the time that is mine. The spirit gives permission and anointing. Faith and works, a great combination. Faith and works, a great combination. Beloved, for those that are in the house and those that are watching me on social media, on our live streams, many of us are familiar with some famous sayings, some famous cliches. I'm going to throw some out there and I'm going to let you finish them for me. If life gives you lemons, make. Mm -hmm. If at first you don't succeed. Actions speak louder than put your money where you're. Time heals. That which does not kill us makes us. The bigger they are, the harder. Many of us have heard and even used these phrases somewhere in our conversation to give somebody encouragement along the way. We know about those cliches. I believe a few of us know some scriptural cliches as well. Most, if not all of us, are familiar with this one. The Lord is my shepherd. Others may know Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And many preachers love the quote on Sunday morning. I was glad when they said unto me. And so the last verse of this sermon should be familiar as well. Faith without works is? Uh-huh. This is the aspect of real Christianity, transformative discipleship and redemptive kindness that any follower of Jesus Christ should demonstrate. One of the criticisms of the culture for the church is that we talk a lot, but we walk very little. We don't live our creed. It was the poet, Edgar A. Guess, who puts it this way in that poem, Sermons We See. I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eyes are better people and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but examples always clear. And the best of all the preachers are men who live their creeds. For to see good put in action is what everybody needs. 
I soon can learn to do it if you let me see it done. I watch your hands and actions, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lecture you deliver may be wise and true, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. For I might understand you and how advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding of how you act and how you live. When I see a deed of kindness, I am eager to be kind. When a weaker brother stumbles and a strong man stays behind just to see if he can help him and the wish grows strong in me to become as big as thoughtful and I know that friend can be. And all travelers can witness that the best of guys today is not the one who tells them, but the one who shows the way. One good man teaches many. Men believe what they behold. One deed of kindness notice is worth 40 that are told. Who stands with men of honor and learns to hold his honor dear for white living speaks a language which to everyone is clear. Though an able speaker charms me with eloquence, I say, I'll rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. That, that, that poem, that poem gives us a wonderful poetic example of what James puts before us. With precision and excellent prose, James unravels what it means to have genuine faith, not a dead faith. Empowering faith, not a lazy faith. Transformative faith, not an apathetic faith. In his own imitable way, James drills down and scrapes away the veneer from the shallow sayings, pitiful platitudes, and religious rhetoric to help the reader and the hearer appreciate how faith and works are two sides of the same coin. James wants us to know that if you're going to be a follower of that black man from Nazareth, you cannot have faith without works. And you cannot have works without faith. If you claim to have a faith that is not undergirded by works, your faith is suspect, sneaky, and senseless. We, we are known by the fruit we bear. We are known for our acts of kindness and service and generosity. And, and so we got to have this work thing down pat, but, but we also got to have this faith thing down pat. Because if you have works, but you lack faith, you're disconnected from the God who will one day evaluate your works in eternity. And I want to say, and I know somebody may get upset with me, that this may be the problem with a lot of folks who come to church and attend church and serve in the church, but do not have a real relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. You do know you can go to hell sitting in the church pew. Let me say that again because you all looking at me kind of suspect. You, you, you can go to hell serving as an usher. Serving as a deacon, even preaching behind the pulpit, because you can do all the right things and still lack a relationship with God. This is why, as your pastor, I try to help us to understand that, that you can't have one without the other. You got to have both. You, you got to know what it means to be truly saved and what it means to have real faith. We don't work to get saved. Uh, we work because we are saved. Y'all help me preach this thing. We, we, we don't.
participate in ministry and mission to get saved. But we serve in ministry and mission because we are. Help me preach this thing. As, as a matter of fact, you don't even get baptized to get saved. You, you get baptized because you are saved. You, you don't give tithes and offerings to get saved. You give tithes and offerings because you are saved. Remember, your works do not save you, but they are demonstrative of the fact that you are saved. It, 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 takes, it takes faith and works, beloved. And, and I want to drill down on something because I see somebody saying, well, shouldn't my actions speak for something? Um, shouldn't the good I do count for something? Uh, Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, when he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You, you can do the work of the kingdom and still miss the kingdom if you're disconnected from God. Faith is knowing, trusting, and depending on Jesus Christ. Works are the tangible physical evidence that you know, trust, and depend on Jesus Christ. Faith trusts God. Faith obeys God. Now, I got to clear up some questions you might have swirling in your minds. Because I'm looking at some of you now and I see the cartoon bubbles over your head. I, 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 I see it in the spirit realm. And I see somebody saying, but pastor, been in five years and you taught us and our previous pastors taught us that we are saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anybody should boast. And yes, that's correct. I believe that Reverend Baptist even read that scripture from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And that's why context of the text it's so important because what James is referring to in this text when it comes to faith is not a confessing, saving faith in Jesus Christ, but an active faith that makes you live right. It is not the faith of salvation, but this is the real faith that shows you have been saved. You and I do not accept Jesus Christ and then try to clean ourselves and make ourselves right with God. Jesus did that at the cross. This is a faith that empowers us to do what God tells us to do, even if we don't get it 100% correct. Now, I want you to hear me, and I want you to hear me good, St. Paul, and those that are watching us online. You can't add works to faith to validate faith. Let me say that again. You can't add works to your faith to substantiate it. Works, service, and generosity 
are the byproducts of faith in Jesus Christ. And so James in this text is driving this salient and sagacious point home. Faith without works is dead. It's useless. It's futile. It's fake. It's phony. Consequently, we must understand how faith and work are a great combination, how they work in tandem to demonstrate our relationship with the God of the universe and show our salvation to the world. But what happens when there is faith but no works? What does faith without works look like? I want to give you my, my summation, then I'll call it a day. First of all, faith without works talks a lot, but it does not help in times of need. Let me say that again. Faith without works talk a lot, but, but it doesn't help when you need something. We, we see this in verse 14 through 17. James is addressing the Christians of his day, and he gives this rhetorical question about someone who talks a good game, but does not put his or her money where his or her mouth is. Can't you see James raising the heat as he asks, what does it profit someone? If he says he has faith, but have not works, can faith save him? This is a dead faith to what James is talking about. But he drives home the point when he uses this analogy. If a brother or a sister, stop and put the kickstand down right there. Because when he says brother or sister, James is talking about someone, hear me well, who is part of the fellowship. He's talking about someone who is part of the church. And back then, they referred to each other as brother and sister in the church. Nowadays, in the church, folks got to have titles. And it gets quiet. Uh, Folks got to have titles. Folks got to be recognized. Bishop, archbishop, prophet, prophetess, apostle, evangelist, supervisor, preacher, minister, doctor. And and I wouldn't be surprised when it comes to black folks if somebody black ain't going to come up and say, call me Pope one day. We want titles. And and, and in the church, we get bent all out of shape when we're not recognized by our titles. But this term brother and sister is a term of endearment and compassion and care. So James is saying that as a member, as a disciple of the church, that person has no food. That person has no clothing. They are naked. They are hungry. They are bare. They are destituted. They are poverty stricken. And when you see the need and you basically say these words, I'm going to pray for you. And you fail to address their need, your prayer don't mean a thing. But this brother or sister in the church, sitting on the pew with you, needs something to eat. This this brother or sister in the church, naked, destitute, they need some clothes to wear. And if all your faith does is say, I'm going to pray for you. God will bat your prayer back down to you. 
It is all talk and no action. And I want to say, I know somebody going to get mad at me, but I want to say we got folks in the church who are just like that. I'll pray for you. We got folks in the church that, 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 that know the Bible backwards and forwards, but they ain't doing nothing. Ain't doing a thing. How, how many of y'all know somebody who can talk scripture but won't give service? How, how many of y'all know somebody that can pray heaven down but won't give an offering? How, how many of y'all know folks that can talk theology but won't tithe? How, how many of y'all know they can call Jesus the bread of life but won't give you a slice of bread to eat? How many of y'all know of somebody who will jump up and down and say, Jesus is water in dry places but won't offer you a glass of water to drink? Faith without works is dead. Actions speaks louder than words. Action, they, they do, they speak louder than words. And, and our actions, when it's connected to our faith, goes as a sweet-smelling fragrance to the nostrils of our God. And, and one thing that I can give God praise about here at the St. Paul Church is that we put our faith into action. We don't have dead faith. We don't have faith without works. Our faith is seen in what we say and our faith is substantiated in what we do. When we built these senior apartments and the affordable housing around here, we put our faith into action. We put our faith into action because we really were clueless how it was going to get done. But somebody had enough faith to pray and then start trying to figure out how to get the funding and then when you got the funding the building went up uh, we put our faith into action when we prayed for our brothers and sisters who had to deal with hurricanes in the eastern part of the state of North Carolina and then we put that faith into action when we sent uh, brothers and sisters down east and we raised money to give them help that's faith into action when, when, during this pandemic, do y'all know we, we really put our faith into action because we prayed for families that were struggling with trying to make ends meet and, and, and trying to have something to eat. And you all, for 180 weeks straight, we raised money and we provided groceries for nearly 30,000 families during the pandemic. We put our faith into action. You all just heard our president a lot carried Dr. Gina Stewart. When that earthquake hit Haiti this past summer, we prayed for our brothers and sisters in Haiti who suffered political, physical, financial, and social upheaval because of that earthquake. And I came to this congregation saying, I would like to see us raise 10 thousand dollars to help our brothers and sisters in Haiti and y'all wound up raising $25,000 that contributed to $374,000 by Lot Carey faith placed into action. I don't know who I'm talking to but I'm here to give somebody a major boost right now. Jesus said it best 
give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. For the same measure that you use, the same will be measured unto you. Am I talking to anybody that know that when you give, God will give it back to you in ways you can never imagine? Put your faith into action. Especially in helping those that are part of the fellowship. And you want to know why we should do that in the church? Because those who ain't part of the church ought to see how we treat each other in the church, which will make them want to join the church and then be a blessing to somebody else. I would dare say being a disciple, being a member of the St. Paul Church ought to have its privileges. There's something else that we want to understand when it comes to faith without work. Faith without works will miss blessings that only a sacrifice can bring. Ah, uh, uh, let me say it again. Faith without works will miss blessings that only a sacrifice can bring. This is in verses 18 through 24. And let me unpack this section for you. You cannot make this about faith only. But on the other hand, you cannot focus on works only. There is this tension that James deals with in verse 18. We cannot put down faith and lift up works. Two sides of the same coin. It is a great combination. Faith is the work God does in us. Work is the evidence of our faith in God. Since faith is inside of us, our actions have to demonstrate that we have faith. So James reminds us how belonging to God can be relatively meaningless, how believing in God, rather, can be relatively meaningless if there's no change in our actions and our behaviors. Let me say it again. Believing in God ain't worth a hill of beans if it does not change how you live. Now y'all looking at me kind of suspect, but follow the flow of the text. Because I'm getting ready to make somebody mad. James says even demons believe in God and tremble with fear. But they still rebel against God. Uh Uh-oh. Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. Demons aren't atheists or agnostic. They know God is real. Because they've been in the very presence of God before God kicked them out. They they know God. They're rather orthodox in their doctrine and their belief. They are orthodox in their beliefs and honorary in their behavior. Demons believe the right things about God, but do the wrong things towards God. Demons bristle at the name and the person of Jesus, but demons aren't going to be saved and demons aren't going to change. Are you behaving? Are you behaving like a... Demon? 
can can believe and talk but won't act right? Are you rebelling against the kingdom of God? And, and this is how it looks in, in today's culture when it comes to the church because unfortunately I, I'm almost afraid to say it, Reverend Baptist, but there's some church folk who can act very demonic. Uh, church folks, you got proper belief, but ain't no change in your behavior. Church folks got great knowledge about God, but constantly disobeying God. Church folks can quote scripture all day long, but won't engage in service. Church folks shout about grace. Ooh, amazing grace. And lack generosity. Church folks, lift up your hands thanking God for mercy while you wallow in the mediocrity of your sins. Faith without works is dead. So I want to kind of press y'all this morning. Tell folks to stop acting like the devil. Tell folks to stop acting like demons. And start acting like sons and daughters of God. We see in the text that there's a man named Abraham. Who's known as the father of the faithful. And Abraham is linked to his faith in God. By walking with God. Now, I don't want to take for granted that everybody that is listening to me knows about Abraham. So let me, if I could, give a quick cliff note version of who Abraham is. Abraham comes on the scene in Genesis chapter 11, the latter part of that chapter, and he springs into action in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, God comes to Abraham and says, listen, leave your father's house and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. It was Abraham's faith in God that caused him to separate from his father Terah's idolatrous and paganistic ways and trust God. Now, I want you all to know that back then when God came to Abraham, Abraham didn't ask any questions, didn't know where he was going. They didn't have a GPS system. They didn't have ways to plug in direction coordinates. There was no Google Maps. There was no Apple Maps. Uh, Abraham just took God at his word and started walking. That's crazy faith, y'all. But y'all really want to know what crazy faith is? Now, Sarah could roll with Abraham as long as that was happening. But when you get to chapter 22 of Genesis, God comes to Abraham with this test. God says, listen, uh, Abraham, take your son, your, he calls him only son, Isaac, and sacrifice him at a place that I will show you. Isaac is the child of promise. Isaac is the child through whom Abraham's name would become great and significant. And, and in Genesis chapter 22, God 
tells Abraham to kill Isaac. Just as Abraham has taken Isaac up Mount Moriah, he had two of his servants with him. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkeys. My son and I are going yonder to worship and we will be back. You missed your shout cue. He, he said, we will be back. But in the back of his mind, he's told to kill Isaac. I, I know y'all can't shout because many of us don't read the Bible. But in Genesis chapter 21, God told Abraham through Isaac, your seed shall be blessed. And then in chapter 22, God tells Abraham to kill Isaac. I know y'all can't shout. Can I give some, can I give somebody a reason to shout? In chapter 21, God tells Abraham, through Isaac, your seed shall be blessed. And then in chapter 22, God says, kill Isaac. All right. Uh, one person gets it. And that's my divinity school student at Duke. Here's the shout for somebody if you really want to shout. You're in the chapter 22 of your life. But you need to remember what God told you in the chapter 21 of your life. That God is so much God. That if God told him to kill Isaac, that God had enough power in God's self to bring Isaac back to life. That's why he said, my boy and I are going to worship and we will be back. Oh God, I feel like preaching this thing. Now, 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 that ain't the shout. <laughs> can, can I give y'all the shout? The, the, the real shout is this. Just as Abraham has placed Isaac on the altar, bound, tied, he raises the knife to take his son's Isaac life. He hears a voice from heaven saying Abraham stay your hand there's a ram no not in the bush call in the thicket now y'all want to know why you can't shout because y'all don't know the meaning of the word call call ain't something that happens by accident Caught is something that God has already planned by providence. And am I talking to anybody in the house that ain't afraid to give God praise because God caught some stuff for you. God caught a bill for you. God caught a case for you. God caught a blessing for you. God caught a healing for you. God caught a deliverance for you. Abraham was willing to sacrifice what he felt he could not live without. And God showed up with a major provision to let him know it's me and not your stuff that's keeping you. Who am I talking to right now? They ain't afraid to give God the very best you have. <laughs> Y'all, I'm about to come out this track suit. Uh, here's the blessing I'm going to drop on you. Abraham showed up with a major sacrifice. Only three of y'all going to get this. Maybe more. And God showed up with a major provision. See, I told you I didn't know where to shout. Let me say it again. Abraham showed up 
with a major sacrifice. And God showed up with a major provision. One, two, three, four, five, six. Let me try it one more time for the Holy Ghost. I said, Abraham showed up with a major sacrifice. And God showed up with a major provision. All right, this is why you can't shout. When you bring the very best you have and you give it to God, God's provision will supersede your sacrifice. Abraham was willing to let God know, I'm willing to give up Isaac so I can show that you're the one that's very important in my life. Am I talking to anybody in here that when you're willing to give up what seems to be so important to you to let God show up and prove that it is God, not your stuff, not your education, not your money, not your family, not your pedigree, not your prominence that sustains you. That's why Abraham was justified. Who am I talking to right now that's willing to give a sacrifice and watch God do the miraculous. Watch God do the incredible. Watch God do the magnificent. Watch God do the redemptive. Watch God do the transformative. Watch God do the very best. Who am I talking to? They ain't afraid to admit, Pastor, I sacrificed my time and I saw God bless me in the house. Who am I talking to that said, I sacrificed my talent and God made a way out of no way who am I talking to? I sacrificed my money and God blessed me beyond measure. Who am I talking to? I sacrificed my gifts and God showed me grace. That's why one day you and I will be able to sing that song. May the works I've done. Speak for me. Let me, let me hurry up. I got to get cut across the field. Cause about 1130. Got cut across field. Um, but one more thing I want to drop on you. Faith without works will not take any risk. Uh-huh. Yep. See, if you go, if you're gonna do this thing for God, you gotta be willing to take some risk. You, you got to be willing. Dick Pearson to do some things that to the world looks foolish. Uh, watch this. James in verse 25 lifts up a sister by the name of Rahab. Now, I ain't gonna lie. I, I have my own uh, uh, issues with how she's described. She's described as a harlot. as a prostitute. In today's culture, she might be described as an entrepreneur. I'm just saying. Uh, 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 but, 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 but the Bible says in Joshua 2 and Joshua 6 uh, that she's a harlot. That means you have Abraham on one side, who's supposed to be more. He had his issues too. But you got Rahab on the other end of the moral spectrum who's a prostitute, a harlot, uh, running the bed and breakfast. But Abraham, one end, Rahab on the other. Rahab winds up taking a risk to help the spies of Israel as they engage in reconnaissance. 
They're in the city of Jericho trying to check out what's going on in Jericho before they conquer Jericho. Uh, say what you want, but Rahab is a good sister. And the reason she took chance with helping the spies is because she's already heard about the God of Israel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Can I give you another shout cue? Since Rahab protected the spies, when Israel invaded Jericho, she and her household were saved. Because they hung a scarlet cord out the window to let the invaders know, don't touch this place. It was her faith that led her to take the risk that was evident in her works. But it is her works that saved her from an onslaught. She took the risk to side with the God of Israel and her life was preserved. Therefore, since her life was preserved. Rahab winds up in the lineage and the genealogy of King David, King Solomon, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, y'all don't even know when to shout. Can I tell you what the shout is? I want to thank God today because Rahab took the risk to help the spies. I want to thank God because Rahab shows us how God can use people with questionable past to bring him glory and to bring him honor. I, I want to thank God because Rahab shows us how God can save from the guttermost to the uttermost. Now, 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 now y'all want to act like y'all are all saved and sanctified and Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized. The devil is alive. I know I'm talking to some folks right now. Who have to admit you have not always been where you are right now. Help me, Holy Ghost. You haven't dotted every I. You haven't crossed every T. As a matter of fact, if we're honest right now, many of us have been just like Rahab. You, you, you may not have been running a Bartho, but you had some done some things that have been very questionable in your past. But when you look at where God has you on All Saints Eve, from where you've been to where you are right now, you got to learn how to give God praise because you could have been on your way to hell with some gasoline pajamas on, but you got to give God praise that he rescued you and saved you from your sins. Let me get out of here. Uh... James, James makes this point loud and clear. He says faith and works are like the body and the spirit. If there's no spirit in the body, your body is dead. If there's no works with your faith, your faith is dead. But when you have When you have works and faith, working the candor like peanut butter and jelly. When you have works and faith coming together, like back in the day when we used to watch the cartoons, the Justice League, and they had the Wonder Twins. Uh, faith and works are like the Wonder Twins. And when the Wonder Twins uh, used to use their power at full strength, they would 
put their fists together and say, Wonder Twin Powers, activate. <laughs> Y'all, this ain't even in my script, but right now, I need to help somebody take faith on one side and works on the other and do like the Wonder Twin Powers and put them together and say, Wonder Twin Powers, activate. Because I'm here to let you know that when you read the Bible, uh, you see people who put their faith into action. uh, And God did some wonderful things in their life. Uh, Come here, Noah. Noah would tell you that I put my faith into action. uh, When God told me to build an ark, uh, and I told the folks it was going to rain for 120 years, uh, they laughed at me, but when I got that ark built, uh, and when the animals start coming two by two uh, those same folks that laughed at me uh, were the ones that were left outside of the ark Uh, it was Abraham's faith that made him leave his daddy's house uh, and begin a walk with God Uh, it was Jochebed's faith uh, that led her to put Moses in the Nile River and he was saved by Pharaoh's daughter Uh, it was Moses' faith uh, that allowed him to go down uh, to Egypt land uh, until Pharaoh the God of Israel uh, said let my people go and it was by his faith uh, that he was able to lead them out of the land of bondage uh, and get them going toward the land of promise. It was Rahab's faith that caused her to protect the spies and God dropped a scarlet cord in her life that allowed her to be saved when Israel took over the walls of Jericho. It was Joshua's faith that allowed him to lead a march around the walls of Jericho that God told him for six days march one time around the walls. Don't say nothing and don't do nothing. But on the seventh day, march around seven times and then I want you to blow your trumpets. And when they blew the trumpets, the Bible says, and the walls came tumbling down. It was David's faith that allowed him to take five smooth stones and slew a giant by the name of Goliath. It was Solomon's faith that allowed him to build the temple uh, for our God Jehovah. It was Job's faith uh, that did not let him curse God. Uh, when Mrs. Job says, uh, why don't you curse God and die? Uh, it was a woman with the issue of blood uh, that had it of crazy faith uh, that she believed uh, that if she could just touch uh, the hem of his garment uh, that she would be made whole. Uh, it was Mary's faith uh, when she believed uh, that God would use her to be the mother of the savior of the world. It was Peter's faith that allowed him to walk on the Sea of Galilee. It was Harriet Tuxman's faith that led her to lead 300 slaves to freedom before the Civil War. It was Frederick Douglass' faith that made him work for freedom 
during the civil rights era, civil war era, it was Rosa Parks' faith that made her sit down on a bus in Montgomery so our people could stand up and fight for freedom. It was King's faith that made him march, that made him struggle, that made him boycott for our civil rights. It was Obama's faith that allowed for him to stretch out and run for president and become the first black president of the United States of America. And is there anybody here that ain't afraid to admit that had you not had faith, you wouldn't have done what you did. So you got to give God praise because you had faith and because you put it into action. You saw God do the miraculous. You saw God do the incredible. You saw God do the magnificent. Am I talking to anybody that's at St. Paul right now? Am I talking to anybody that's watching me online that ain't afraid to admit had you not put your faith into action, you would have been stuck where you been. But since you put your faith into action, you got to give God praise because you're not where you used to be. You may not be where you should be, but you got to give God praise. You're not where you used to be. I really wish I had some folks in the St. Paul Church watching me online. I really wish I had some folks in the sanctuary that wasn't afraid to put your faith into action. I really wish I had some folks that understood you can't beat God giving. You can't beat God's blessing. You can't beat God's anointing. I really wish I had some folks that weren't afraid to put your faith into action. So can I do a church check right now? Can I do an online check right now? If the Lord has blessed you, can you give him praise? If the Lord has healed you, can you give him praise? If the Lord has saved you, can you give him praise? If the Lord put food on your table, can you give him praise? If the Lord put clothes on your back, can you give him praise? If the Lord kept you, can you give him praise? The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. So if you can't stand, wave your hand. If you can't wave your hand, wave your feet. If you can't wave your feet, nod your head. If you can't nod your head, shrug your shoulders. If you can't shrug your shoulders, blink your eyes. But do something to let somebody know. Faith and I will put it into action. Now, if you're able and you're not too scared, stand on your feet, lift up your hands, throw back your head, give God praise, put your faith into action, put your faith into works. Say yes. Hey.
if you're able, if you're able, would you stand? If you're in the house, and if you're watching us online, if you would listen to me here. If you want your faith to count for something, you got to give God all of you. Anybody here willing to do that? Give God all of you. Don't don't you want don't you want everything that God has for you? Don't you want it right now? Life changing, life renewing, life transforming, relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I want you to put your faith into action right now. Hear me, hear me well. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is and the partner we sin, you gotta put your faith into action right now. And if that's you, I want you to walk down the aisle right now. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, put your faith in action. Walk right now. That's your faith being put in action. If you're watching me online, type salvation or connect in the chat button. If you want to save in relationship with Jesus Christ, type salvation in the chat. That's you putting your faith in the action. If you're here and you're saying, listen, Pastor, I'm already saved. I know who Jesus Christ is, but I don't have a church home. You need to put your faith in action. Join this church. I'd love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. Join the St. Paul Church. I'm opening the doors of the church right now. Join the St. Paul Church. Either online, you can type in connect online, or however you're watching us, or you can walk down the aisle right now. Call the church office. Tell us that you want to be baptized and join the church at 704-334-5309. That's how you put your faith in the action. There is nothing that is stopping you right now. Make the decision. God bless you. Make the decision. Start anew right now. God bless you. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Nothing stopping you right now. It might be coming to Jesus in this way for the very first time. You, you've never been a Christian and you know it and you want to sell it right now. Come on down. Come on down. Type in the chat on on Facebook. Type it in. Type it in right now. Some of you thought you were a Christian, but you haven't been living that way and you want to get back on track. Come on down and get back on track. Get back on track. Come on down and make it new. Put it in the chat. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Faith, Make your faith come alive right now. Come on, let's give God praise for the two that have come. Do we have anybody that's joining us online? Type it in online. Type it in online. We want you to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I know I'm opening the doors to church in an unusual way. Usually I'll pray us through, but right now the spirit just got me in this loop. So if you're here right now, if you're online, type in either salvation or connect. We'll figure it out once we contact you what you want to do. But we want you to be a part of this fellowship. We want you to be a part of this fellowship. Will there be another? Will there be another? If you're in the house, we invite you to come on down right now. Just keep your mask on as you come on down. We want to help you to understand what it means to have a walk with God. If you're in the house and you haven't been a part of the church, come on down right now. Go ahead and move. Go ahead and move. Put your faith into action. That's a very tangible way of you putting your faith into action. Make the walk right now. Type it in the chat right now. Put your faith in action right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. I believe God is moving in cyberspace. Add to the church. Lord is moving in physical space. Add to the church. Put it in right now. Right now. Right now. Will there be another? 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 
Will there be another? Will there be another? Hallelujah. 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 Can we give God praise for whom the Lord has sent to us? God bless you all. I want you to do me this favor. Thank you all. We are awesomely happy that you have come. I want you to follow these two ladies. They're going to help you to understand what we need from you and what you should expect from us. As you go out, we're going to celebrate you. If we have folks that are joining us online, we're going to celebrate them as well. God bless you all. God bless you all. Amen. God bless you. Come on, let's give God praise. We're getting ready to get out of here. 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 So, as we prepare to leave, for those of you that are able, uh, we invite you to come Thursday night, Thankful Thursday, 7 o'clock. Dr. Willie Francois third is going to be our preacher. We're looking forward to you being blessed this week, being thankful for all that God has done. And don't forget to bring the canned items that we're going to need on the second Sunday. Amen. On the second Sunday in November. All hearts and minds are continuing clear. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we thank you. Let us put our faith into action. Let us connect our faith with works and let you have your way through the increase. And as we leave from this place, but never from your presence, keep us in your sovereign care. And now to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. Tony wise, God, our Father, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. And the people of God virtually and in the house said, amen. Please have a seat. God bless you. Our ushers are going to dismiss you starting from the back. Follow the directions of the ushers as you're dismissed and you can fellowship outside. God bless you all.